Hi, ich bin Priscilla und ich bin ein Logolet. And I learn a little bit about that language, and I'm trying to talk with people that speak a language that maybe I'm not so familiar with, and some that I am familiar with, and German is kind of in the middle of that because I know some about German. This week in Language Highlights. Deutsch. Um, so this is my friend Priscilla, and Priscilla and I met, uh, I think it was around Jan, not January, that's the wrong month. I think July or August of last year. It was at the beginning of the school year, and I went with a lot of international students at our university to take a tour of downtown Nashville so that they could sort of find out all the touristy things, see Music Row, the Country Music Hall of Fame. Um, we saw, like, the Capitol Building, all that kind of stuff. I was walking around kind of getting to know everybody, and I met Priscilla and another one of her German classmates who's here, and I got so excited because I found out that they are linguistic students and they They go to like a language university, right? Mm -hmm. And I just got real excited. You probably thought I was a little eccentric, a little weird that day maybe because I was just so excited that all these people know linguistics and I love linguistics and they get why I love it and they understand it. So it just made me really excited. So Priscilla and I have become good friends since she's been here this year and so when I was thinking about people that I wanted to sit down with and talk about their language, Priscilla was one of the first people I thought of. Not only is she a native German speaker, but um, her English is also excellent, and she teaches German here at the university now, mm -hmm. and uh, because she is a linguistic student, she kind of knows how to explain things in sort of a linguistic-y kind of way. So, without further ado, Priscilla, tell us about yourself. What brought you here? Uh, Who are you? <laughs> I come from Germany, of course, and I'm a student of linguistics and cultural studies and translation. So right now I'm getting my master's and this is my second year of my master's degree and actually I'm becoming a translator so yeah. It's a tough and job. And I study English and French and um, I applied through my university for a foreign exchange program and um, MTSU is one of our partner universities so that's how I ended up here and right now I'm as you said, teach German at MTSU and also take cl some classes and yeah. I'm just super glad that I ended up here because I never would have chosen myself to come here. But now that I got the spot, it's great. Yeah, I and you've it. traveled. I know you've traveled to other places in the US, like you went to Hawaii over Christmas break. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I feel like we could have a whole other conversation about your observations yeah. between Tennessee English <laughs> oh and my. English in other parts of the country. <laughs> so about your university in Germany, mm -hmm. um, do all the students who go there, are they all sort of language, linguistic type students? Yes, so my campus is only for foreign languages. And whoever goes there studies either to become a translator or an interpreter. So these are the only two things. And I think you can study 10 or 11 different languages at my school. It's also cultural studies, it's translational studies, it's linguistics, it's all the things. <laughs> I really yeah. want to go there. <laughs> when, when I got my master's degree here, I, you know, we didn't really have a linguistics program. Mm -hmm. So I was an English major with a concentration in foreign languages mm -hmm. and linguistics. Mm -hmm. And I was the only one at the school that was doing that. 
And so it was just me. There were some other, you know, linguistics undergraduate students. And in fact, a lot of classes I took were actually undergraduate classes, but I had to do extra work or more research or yeah. give a special presentation or something like that. Um, so just the thought of like being surrounded with people that love linguistics yes. is like a dream. Yes. <laughs> when I go back, I will have one more year of school. And during that year, I have to write my master's thesis. Boo. <laughs> well, I've done it. I survived. Yeah. Several people have survived that process. And yeah, it's not so fun, but there are, there are worse things. You could get, you know, stabbed yeah. in the eye with a stick, mm -hmm. and that's worse than writing a thesis. <laughs> Do you have any idea of what your thesis is going to be about? No. Okay. That's my problem. <laughs> if I had at least an idea, it would be easier because then I could just start in research and do that's stuff, true. but I don't even have an idea. Mm -hmm. so. Well, you'll figure it out. My thesis research was not really at all what I expected it to be about. And I'm actually hoping to do an episode about what my thesis research was about. But I ended up working a lot with uh, a lot of Slavic languages, like oh. Czech, Slavic, Baltic, and that I have no experience in That's that. But it was because through a course in my master's program, I learned some stuff that I thought was super interesting. Yeah. And I really couldn't find a lot of information about it. So mm -hmm. I thought this is a place that needs to be researched, researched and play and you know uh given attention to mm -hmm. I guess so that's why I ended up going there so you may have a similar experience where it's like yeah. you may study some sort of language background that you've never ever <laughs> considered maybe Hawaiian maybe who knows <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna finish up my classes hopefully I don't have to take as many classes anymore because I get credit for this where is your hometown in Germany where did you grow up versus it, where are you studying now it's in the north of Germany, um, like an hour and a half south from Berlin, which is in between kind of Hanover and Berlin, if that's a more specific direction. So can you kind of give us sort of a, a crash course in the German background about like maybe any sort of things like the, the overall structures, pronunciation, syntax, that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. So first of all, there are no silent sounds in German, no silent and vowels or anything. We pronounce every single um, sound that is there. So like you should. Like you should. <laughs> English is crazy exactly. in that sense. So blame the French. <laughs> Example for um, the word psychology in German, because we don't have silent sounds, we pronounce the P before S. So it is psychologie. <laughs> psychologie. It's like a secret. Like a secret. <laughs> <measure>. <laughs> <laughs> and then what probably is the hardest thing for whoever learns German is the gender. There are three different genders, um, masculine, feminine, and neuter. And um, these genders have all, like, have different endings throughout the nouns and adjectives and all of that. So the endings always have to agree according to gender. And that just causes a lot of headache oh, for yeah. most people. Well, and especially for a non-gendered language like English, exactly. you know, pe yes. English speakers studying German would find that to be really difficult. I'm having yeah. the hardest time explaining that to my students and they keep asking me, like, how can I know? How can I know? And I'm like, sorry, there's not a rule. Mm -hmm. There, One thing is um, most nouns that have two syllables and end with an E are feminine. But okay. that's the only rule that there really is for yeah. that. So first of all that, and then another thing is that we have cases, mm -hmm. which adds to that. Because yes. where are the cases, the endings change according to gender and um, singular and plural and all these things. 
Um, but the good thing about cases and genders is that it makes it very specific um, yeah. and you can be very specific with the language, what you say, and in a sentence you can figure out what goes together mm -hmm. and what belongs together. And it also helps, um, kind of like um, in English, it is, uh, we have that through sentence structure to figure out what part of the sentence does what or fulfills what function. But in German you can like turn parts around and it would still mean the same because okay. of cases. Yeah, I took a semester of Greek, and that was part of my problem with Greek, is that Greek has like 10 million cases, and um, yeah, and I think also three genders. Yeah. And you're right that it makes it so specific, Yeah. but it's also very complicated. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to learn that, Yes. to be honest. True. <laughs> Thinking about sentence structure as opposed to sort of word structure, word formulation, I guess, does German still follow this sort of subject-verb-object pattern? Yes. And you have adjectives before nouns or after nouns? We have adjectives before nouns. Okay, so, so like English in that exactly. case. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Also, um, like, the structure of questions is very similar. But, um, as I said, because we have cases, we can turn things around yeah. in a sentence to make it sound nicer or to emphasize something else. So, um, but... One rule is that the verb is always in second position. Okay. So no that means what. it it never comes as like the beginning of the sentence, right? Except Am I for that? in a yes or no question. Okay. And then it can be at the beginning. Okay. Of question. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. So similar to like a, a question in English where we might say like, did you eat? You exactly. Know, the subject comes in the middle of that verb phrase. Yeah. Okay. I get that. That mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, you know, I know that I myself have not studied German, but I know some classmates, again, in my master's program took German for reading. Yeah. And I, it's kind of been my experience that German and English are close enough that even if you don't have a deep understanding of German, you can still read it and understand it. Do you think that that's ish true? Ish. Kind of true? <laughs> you get like a general idea, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. The thing is, if you don't know the endings of the genders and, um cases it can really throw you off because you put things together that do not belong together in the oh, sentence. So okay, that makes sense. The friends, the, my friends who are taking that class are just hating it oh, so much. Yeah. Well, um, I can understand some of the frustration where, like, in my mind, it would be difficult to read a language and understand it if you did not have a deeper concept mm -hmm. of sort of the structures of the language. I mean, yeah, there are many words that are similar. Mm -hmm. that are cognates, so that helps, but True. that's all. <laughs> yeah, so let's shift gears a bit to pronunciation. I think when most people who know anything about German think about the pronunciation, they think about the umlaut, right? Yeah. So what are some other differences between English and German pronunciation? Are there any sounds in German that we don't have in English? Um, I guess. I think our Z is always this, like, Sound and I okay. think you don't have that right in English. No, I mean not really. It's I, like yeah. a sharp. It's like a T and an S right. afterwards. I know that S, from Chinese, like, but it's not yeah. in English. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of times when you uh, take a Chinese word and try to make it in like a almost a phonetic spelling for an English speaker to understand, like 
for example, the word Thai is vegetable or mm -hmm. something like that. And so it's spelled C-A-I in mm -hmm. the Chinese pinyin. But if you want, like, you know, an American would see C-A-I and call it Kai or yeah. Sai. So a lot of times people change it to T-S-A-I so that they're like Thai. But even then, a lot of Americans have trouble with that sound. Yeah. So yeah, I think that is something different. Mm -hmm. So what is the deal with the umlaut? What is that? What does it do? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. So A, O, and U can have an umlaut. And that just makes it from A to E. Oh. From U to U. Mm -hmm. And from what did I? From o from o to ö. Oh. So it's kind of like I don't know. It makes These it, are it sounds like it makes sounds. it yeah it makes it more frontal yeah. right yeah. yeah so that's another sound that a lot of Americans like that French ü sound yeah that's really hard for a All lot of, of the umlauts are really hard uh -huh. and I always try to teach my students um, to give them a, a word in English that they can pronounce for example. Um, the color green is grün in, in, uh, in German, and we have an umlaut in there, uh -huh. U umlaut. And then I tell my students, just pronounce the word green in your mouth, and outside your mouth you form yes. the O. Yeah. Like, and then you will end up with green. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Grün. 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 Exactly. Yeah. All right. And we have the R that is pronounced yeah. differently. That is very hard for most people. Because you cannot really see what's happening in mm -hmm. your throat. Right, yeah. It's in the back of your throat. Is it... You know, okay, so. do you know what retroflexed means? If something is retroflexed? You probably know. So, like, in linguistics, you know, it's the idea that it's sort of turned backward. Yeah. So, for example, like, the example I know of is the Chinese R. So, a lot of... If you think about in your mouth... <laughs> the vocal tract, right? Yeah. So, for the English R, many times your tongue is like this. R. Yeah. R. And then the Chinese R, you go, or your tongue is facing backwards. So that's a retroflex R. Is that like German, too? It sounds almost like German is more like a flat, where so. it's green. Green, green. I don't know. It's like the French R, almost. Uh, yeah, almost. I get that. So that it's pretty like, glottal mm -hmm. back there, down yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Another sounds that we have that English does not have is the CH, which can be either pronounced or... Oh, wait, I know this. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I had, um, I have a friend who was from Switzerland, and yeah. she was teaching me some of the difference between High German, Swiss German, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, what's this word? What's this called? What's that? And I learned the word case yeah. for cheese, uh -huh. and then like for church, <laughs> and my favorite word, uh, I may say it wrong because it's been a while, for a cabinet. And I just think that's the best word ever. Hugeheshli is my cabinet. Yes, Swiss German has a lot of those. Yeah. So, but you have them also in like German German. But not as much. Okay. Yeah. But I think that's why most people think it sounds so aggressive and so ugly because of these sounds. Like you said, it kind of it's you know it's a very it has a lot of friction in it. So I think you know a lot of times explosives, fricatives, and sounds like that in your mouth that have a lot of friction and tension, yeah. stuff like that, I think they are often associated kind of with aggression. Yeah, so have you seen the video that's kind of gone around online yeah. about the French, the Spanish, the Italian, and then yeah. the German? Well, I can see where that comes from, definitely, but it's always about, like, how someone perceives the language, so I cannot say that's true or yeah, false, true. right, or anything like that. Because you've grown up with it. But, exactly. Mm -hmm. 
But I think, especially in that video, you could do it with any language mm -hmm. to make it sound like they made yes. German sound. Yeah, and in fact, there's been a response video where they right. have people, like the German speaker is this beautiful girl who's like saying it so sweetly, and then everybody else is yeah. like, ha ha, you know, yeah. makes their language exactly. sound really aggressive. You, so. can, you can do the exact same thing with any other language, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And maybe one thing that also comes into play is just our history. Um, so yeah. all these speeches or the sound of the language was always like very, I don't know, disconnected yeah. with that. I think that yeah. plays a role too. Mm -hmm. So good point. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I think probably you know for for an English speaker or even more specifically a, a U.S. person that doesn't know much about German, they probably the only German yeah. that they've heard may have been like Hitler's speeches, <laughs> right? Exactly. So yeah, and talk about the most aggressive speaker ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's speaking German, so. Mm -hmm. Hanover is the city that's considered to speak the purest, best German without any accents. So this is kind of like the standard German, and I live like 40 minutes away from that. And um, the town where I study it um, is in the southwest of Germany, and 30 minutes from the French border. And the dialect that they speak there, I cannot understand. Really? At all. Wow. It's that big of a difference. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, can you even hear a difference between sort of your hometown and going to a place like Hanover? Yeah. Even for like sure. a 40-minute difference. Yes. Wow. That's for pretty sure. crazy. <laughs> yes, we have many different dialects within Germany. And then we have like Swiss German and Austrian German, mm -hmm. which are very different. And they... If they speak slowly, I might understand something, but as you mentioned before, the examples that you um, mentioned, <laughs> these are words that we don't have in mm -hmm. in German German. So they have they use different words, completely different words for some things, and they actually like I know that Swiss people learn High German in school, right? So they can speak High German too. So is High German considered like the standard German? Yeah, kind okay. of. Okay, the Hanover is, German is yeah. that High German? Mm -hmm. Okay, exactly. That makes sense. And then there are many different um, dialects in Germany. One big dialect is Bavarian, mm -hmm. and then I don't know. In the south, there are very strong accents, mm -hmm. and then um, in Saxony, there that is considered the least favorite accent. Really. Germany. Why? What makes because it different? It, it sounds... I think it's also uh, connected with history because um, when Germany was divided into West and East, um, the people in the West always thought or had the stereotype that um, the people in the East are not educated and things yeah. like that. The rednecks, so, the hillbillies. Kind of okay. like that. Mm -hmm. So that goes with that accent and, or dialect. So people perceive that as uneducated and ugly and so that makes yeah. complete sense yeah mm -hmm. I get that <laughs> can you speak any sort of the differences of the dialect so that we can hear some of the differences uh, I can't it's just hard when I'm not there <laughs> <laughs> um, for example in my region where I come from people um, use wrong grammar first of all and they also like any um, word that begins with a G, which is pronounced G, becomes Y. Oh, interesting. So, for example, the word Geschenk means present, and they say Geschenk. 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 Okay. There is a word that has four G's in it, but 
all of them are pronounced differently in my accent, oh. in my dialect. Let's hear it. So the the original word is Vogelgesang. Okay. Which has four G's in it. Oh, it's three different G's, not four. Okay. Well, I, I mean, that's <laughs> what I counted. That's fine. And in my dialect, it becomes Vogelgesang. Can you say it more slowly? Vogelgesang. Okay. Yeah. I can hear those different G sounds. Yes. First of all, what does that word mean? It means um, the singing of a bird. Oh, like, what a lovely word. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's one weird. becomes an R, one becomes a Y, and then one is the normal that stays the, the same. The hard G, yeah. Interesting. One sound becomes three different sounds. I know. And I wonder if that's, I don't know, that, that would be interesting to look at what caused those differences. So yeah. if... If, it, if that particular word has those differences because of like vowel placement or something, for example, mm -hmm. or if those sounds change through history and then you have this word, and so now you have these three different G sounds that are in one word that just happen to be yeah. there. I have no idea. That's cool though. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Based on that, are there any words in German that are like your favorite words, words that you really like? Um, um, yeah. So in German, it's very typical that we mm, like make up words that sound like what they describe. Yeah. So, so like an onomatopoeia. Exactly. You know that word? Mm -hmm. I don't know how to pronounce that word. That's why <laughs> it's even harder it. to spell. Yes. It's, it's a very hard word to spell. <laughs> words with with L uh -huh. sound very light. Yes. They usually describe something happy or something light. Mm -hmm. So I like the word Lebensfreude. Ooh, I like that word too. That means joy in living or joy of living or something like that Aww. so i really like that or the word lightness means leichtigkeit Ooh. in german so that sounds like really soft yes, and really yes. leichtigkeit so yes. i like that it even has that there sounds like there's an s sound in there too like a s it's like yeah, yeah yeah oh that one there it is yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and then we have some words that are just really funny such as schnickschnack Oh, what is that? <laughs> I like that. That's just random stuff that nobody needs. Okay, well, we have a word like that in English, knick-knack. Oh, so yeah. So it's just like a so thing that exactly. doesn't really have much of a purpose, just a small thing. Yeah, schnick-knack. 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 It or, sounds like a knick-knack you could eat. That's yeah. Because I, I could snack, I guess. Yeah. Or one other funny word is philophons. 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 Oh, I like that. Which is just something stupid or funny or... Philophons. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> so these are just funny. <laughs> I'm totally going to use those. Snick snack and philophons. Philophons. You're such a philophons. <laughs> <laughs> are there any words in German that you can't really find a good translation for in English? Or like some word that you have in German that you wish we had in English? The word is called Heimat. Okay. And it describes the place where you feel home. Aww, but yes. it is so we have different words for like the word home in mm -hmm. English. There's only home, home and house, yeah, home and house, like exactly. Mm -hmm. And in German, we have different words for that. So, house is house, also, so Hause is the place where you live, but Heimat is more this like emotional um, description of where you feel at home, yeah. So, that's a nice word, and you don't have that. We don't have that. But no. <laughs> the opposite way, like in English, you have the word comfort food, for example. True, yes. We don't have something like that. Yes, we have so comfort food. Especially like here in the South, we have a lot of comfort <laughs> food. 
I like that word. And Baked it macaroni and cheese. <laughs> you know, really carby foods that are terrible for your health, but but Mama made them really well, right? Yes. Yeah, I think especially you get words and phrases like that that don't translate very well when you have a language that has a lot of cases because, like you said, it's super specific. Yes. And so, and I feel like too. Um, German, if I'm correct, German is also a language where there are a lot of suffixes and prefixes that yeah. get added to it to mean certain things. And to so it's meaning. Yeah, actually. so it's really easy to kind of build your own words, right? Yeah. And that's something we kind of have that in English, but I think that there are other languages that have that advantage. So it's been kind of my experience that in languages like that, you do get more words that are harder to translate. That's actually English. one thing that German is known for, too. That we can make up words that are super long. Yes. And we can just put nouns together and form a new word. So, okay, I know it's almost time for you to go. Um, one last question that I want to ask. Do you know of a really good place to get authentic German food anywhere in town? I don't know any. Okay, well that's sad. And I that have heard, there's like a rumor that there is a new place opening up in Nashville, Nashville that is a, a, I don't know how to say it exactly, a Hofbrau house? Yeah. Does that sound? House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've heard it's actually supposed to open up this month. So maybe we should go together and then test and see if it's authentic. <laughs> I just if it's your comfort food. Or I just not. know that the German bread that they sell at Walmart or something is not German okay. at all. All right. Well, that's sad. except for that's the color. Disappointing. Except for the color. The color is <laughs> the, the same. Dark brown. Oh. But the rest is nothing like German. Okay. Bread. Well, that's. That's a weakness we have in Nashville, in Middle Tennessee, I guess. We need better German food options. Come on. So hopefully this Hofbrau house mm -hmm. does not disappoint. <laughs> so we'll come back with reviews, I guess. Yay. Okay, so thank you so much, Priscilla. You're so uh, welcome. right? Yeah. Yes, for teaching me about German and educating the world about the differences between German and English. Hopefully. So, yay. Thank yay. you so much. So now you know about German, and now you are a Logolette, too. So, if I remember correctly, German is a romantic language, right? Like it came mostly from Latin, Greek, right? Yeah. Is that true? Do you it's know? A Germanic language. Germanic language. I mean, it makes yeah. sense because it's German.